It's 7 a.m. here in New York City at 99.5 FM WBAI. Coming up next, what's going on today with guest host Celeste Katz Marsden? for listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming via WBAI.org. This is What's Going On, your morning news magazine show where we take a deeper dive into the issues New Yorkers really care about. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. Our studio engineer is Michael G. Haskins. Our executive producer is Linda Perry. So today, sunrise will be at 7.18 a.m. Thanks for waking up with us. Sunset will be at 4.50 p.m. For your weather, about 53 degrees in New York City, going up to 56. Cloudy and breezy with occasional drizzle and wind gusts of up to 32 miles per hour. Colder tonight with clouds continuing at a low of 33 degrees. Tomorrow, breezy and cooler. Expect partly cloudy skies with a high of 40 and a low of 27 at night. Sunday, plenty of sunshine with a high of 42 degrees and a low of 30. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. You can find out more about service interruptions as well as COVID-19 testing and vaccination at portal.311.nyc.gov. Uh, as a reminder, as we head into this weekend, that on Monday, January 16th, we will be observing Martin Luther King Jr. today. Day, Government offices will be closed, including city and state courts, post offices, and the Department of Motor Vehicles. Public schools and public libraries will also be closed Monday. There will be no mail delivery or trash collection, and alternate side parking rules will be suspended. We wish everyone a peaceful, healthy, and meaningful holiday. So this Friday morning here at What's Going On, and I'm happy to be guest hosting with you today, we are going to be looking at a subject that's dear to my heart and that I know for a fact is dear to the hearts of many, many New Yorkers, and that's the treatment of pets and animals in our city and beyond. New York has some new legislation on the books regarding pets, in particular pet stores. In 2024, it will become illegal in New York State for pet stores to sell dogs, cats, and rabbits. 
And this, of course, has a lot to do with stemming the operation of puppy mills. As you can imagine, there were strong feelings on both sides of this before this bill became law, and there might even be more legislation to come. So on today's program, we're going to welcome two great guests to talk about this important upcoming legislation and much more. And we are going to take your calls. But first, your Pacifica Network News. Welcome to 2023 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. I signed an order appointing Robert Herr a special counsel for the matter I've just described. The document authorizes him to investigate whether any person or entity violated the law in connection with this matter. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel to investigate classified documents found in President Joe Biden's possession. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says Congress will also investigate following the recovery of the documents at the president's former office and his home in Delaware. Another faux pas by the Biden administration, but treating law differently based upon your political beliefs. Treats one President Trump one way, but treats President Biden a whole different way. McCarthy called out the Justice Department for the handling of how the search of former President Donald Trump's home was executed compared to President Biden's. Biden said the American public knows how seriously he takes classified documents and highlighted his administration's willingness to work with the Justice Department. We're going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a lock garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. Newly sworn in New York Republican Representative George Santos continues to face escalating calls for his resignation amid scrutiny over lies told during his campaign and says he would do so under special circumstances. 142 people asked for me to resign. I'll Santos later clarified he would resign if the more than 142,000 people of his New York 3rd Congressional District wanted him to. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries says it's clear to him Santos is not fit to serve in Congress. Well, the spectacle... That is George Santos speaks for itself. He's a complete and total fraud. President Biden celebrated the news Thursday that inflation fell for the first time in more than two years and credits his economic policies for the drop. According to the Labor Department, inflation eased to 6.5 percent in December. While consumer prices remain high, the president said the rate at which they're increasing has diminished. According to the latest data from 538's aggregation of polls, President Biden's approval rating has reached its highest point since October 2021 at 44.1%. Nebraska Republican Governor Jim Pallen announced Thursday he would appoint former Governor Pete Ricketts to the U.S. Senate following Ben Sass's departure earlier this week. Finally, on her first day in office, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders banned the term Latinx from official use in the state government. Latinx is a gender-neutral alternative to Hispanic and Latino. Some say it's the latest move of the anti-woke agenda GOP leaders are pursuing. I'm Alex Gonzalez for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our A-Trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Welcome back to WBAI and what's going on. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. Lots of interesting headlines. And in terms of some of the political issues that we're watching, Washington issues, certainly watching that George Santos saga, really an incredible story there. And I think it's worth noting that two Democratic Congress members, Richie Torres and Dan Goldman, both of New York, are now sponsoring something called the Stopping Another Truthful, Another Non-Truthful Office Seeker Act, or the Santos Act. And that would require candidates running for the House or Senate to give more information about their educational and 
employment and military service history. And it would also impose a massive fine or even prison time for lying about that background. So we'll certainly be watching to see where that goes. Again, good morning. And if you're just joining us here on WBAI this Friday, today on What's Going On, we're going to be speaking about animal protection and animal rights in New York, something I know a lot of people are very, very passionate about including our first guest. So to find out more about this, we are going to be speaking with New York State Assembly member Linda Rosenthal. She represents the 67th Assembly District. That includes the Upper West Side and parts of Clinton, Hell's Kitchen. She's represented that district since 2006. And as a veteran lawmaker, she's worked on a wide range of issues over the years, from domestic violence to consumer protection and, of course, animal cruelty. So without further ado, Assembly member Linda Rosenthal Welcome back to WBAI. Thanks for having me, Celeste. Well, it's great to hear your voice. I feel like we just spoke recently, but I feel like this is an issue we really can't talk about enough. So really glad to have you here with us. And uh, for for people who maybe are just getting to know you, I know that people have seen you around uh, in government, in the Capitol uh, for quite a while. But for people who may just be getting to know you, tell us a little bit about how did you get involved in working on so many important pieces of animal related legislation in New York? Um, That's a a great question, because certainly uh, the reason I ran for office and have stayed in offices because of um, many issues, but housing and tenants' rights particularly. And I was just named um, chair of the housing committee, so I'm very excited. But when I first began in 2006, I started reading articles about um, domestic violence and animals and how abusers often target the pets first as a warning sign to um, the victim, you're next. And so I wrote a bill that would um, allow companion animals to receive orders of protection along with uh, their, their guardian. And it passed. And then I was off to the races, as they say. I, I discovered that New York was really lagging behind um, other states when it came to animal welfare. And so I just started introducing more bills. I learned more about the whole field. I met with a lot of animal advocates, and I learned as well that there are so many people who care about animals and want to protect them. And uh, I wanted to protect my kitty too. So um, that was it. And it's, it's in my 16 years, I've passed maybe 20 or so bills into law protecting all sorts of animals. So today we're going to be focusing on a couple of issues that you've been working on, but I want to start out with this forthcoming uh, ban on the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores in New York. And I I know that might have been quite controversial, but tell us a little bit more about uh, why you're doing that, first of all, and then we can get into, uh, you know, maybe some of the the blowback that you got while pursuing this legislation. Oh, sure. Um, Well, in, you know, I've, I've seen documentaries by some of the major animal groups um, ASPCA, HSUS, and, and various others about the plight of animals um, that are born and bred in puppy mills. And puppy mills are these horrific 
really animal factories where um, dogs are bred over and over and over again, uh, producing genetically compromised and sick puppies, which are then brought to New York and other states and sold in pet stores for thousands of dollars. And uh, what happens is that people go in there, they fall in love with their new $5,000 dog, come to realize that the dog is sick, take them to the vet, thousands of dollars in, in vet care, but they're, they're never going to be well. And um, it's a consumer fraud, and it's an animal abuse situation. And so one way to stop um, is, to, is to get into the supply and demand part. So if there's less demand in New York there will be less supply, and it puts a dent in the puppy mill business. And, um, and we're so, going to be opening up yes. the phone lines pretty soon to, to talk about this, but you know, want to, want to ask you, I didn't mean to jump in, but I have so many questions, but did want to sure. ask you, uh, so your, uh, your legislation will take effect, I believe, a uh, year from now, right? In 2024. Is that, is that accurate? Two, two years, two years. And, yes, and at the what, end of 24. Yeah. At the end of 24. Okay. And then um, what will happen to pet stores at that point if they cannot sell dogs, cats, and rabbits? um, What what do you foresee happening with these stores? Well, that's a a great question, and it's something that's been muddled. Um, When this kind of law has been passed in other localities, what happens is, uh, is part of the law is that the stores will be allowed to feature shelter animals, rescue animals. So people will, just as they're tempted when they see the cute little dog in the window, the dog will be some, an animal that was rescued or abandoned. And they'll go in there and they'll adopt one of those animals and buy all the supplies in that store. Really only 2% of um, revenue comes from the sale of animals. The real money is with all the accoutrements that go along these days with having a pet. You know, there's grooming, there's lessons, there's clothes, there's toys, there's furniture. That's where the real money is. And so stores don't close. They just switch their business model. So it's not based on cruelty. It's based on, uh, you know, selling products for animals. And we're going to be opening up the phone lines. If you have a question uh, about any animal legislation uh, that is being advanced in uh, in the Capitol, uh, we have State Assemblywoman Linda Rosenthal. Our number, 212-209-2877 is the number to call, 212-209-2877. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. This is what's going on on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live at WBAI.org. Now, Assemblywoman, and you and I have chatted a little bit about this in the past. Um, when you were pursuing this legislation, you actually spoke with or tried to speak with uh, the pet store owners and people who were associated with pet stores. And you said, uh, okay, you know, we're concerned about unscrupulous breeders and puppy mills, uh, you know, and they, they told you that that wasn't happening at all. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, lobbyists and pet store owners descended on the Capitol and we had meetings and they said their piece and I said, okay, 
if you say that you don't get your animals from puppy mills, um, show me the proof. Um, show me the documentation, where the animal came from, all of that. Um, deafening silence. I even I followed up. Where is the documentation? Nothing. And that's because they couldn't prove their claim. You know, I've also gone into pet stores and, and asked to see the dogs and the cats that are locked up there. And um, they they appeared ill, some of them. I've also gotten the Department of Agriculture and Markets to do inspections in stores. Um, one incident was, was tragic. They went in. They said, oh, everything is fine. And then it was revealed that there was a room in the basement that was locked where animals were dying. So it's just a, it's a terrible, terrible business. And it's, you know, it's deceptive for consumers. Um, and it involves torture of animals. There's no need for this. And in fact, you know, the lobbyists, a lot of whom were, uh, Long Island Republicans, I found out, um, didn't prove their case. They just said, oh, we only get from select breeders. But, you know, good breeders don't overbreed. They breed maybe twice a year, and they want to meet the customer because they want to make sure the animals that they have are going to good homes. So by saying we go to breeders, it's not true either. So much deception involved in their defense, and they could never prove that they actually got their animals from good breeders. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. Have you had a bad experience with a pet store with uh, getting a dog or a cat from a pet store that turned out to be very sick, to have genetic problems? Did you not know what you were getting into? Do you not agree, perhaps? Do you not agree with the uh, forthcoming ban on the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores in New York? Or do you think maybe it should even go further? 212 212- 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, and I'm speaking with New York State Assemblywoman Linda Rosenthal. And actually, Assemblywoman, we do have a caller on the line. We're going to go to that call right now. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're calling from? Good morning. It's Judith from the Upper West Side. And in What's the, your question in the late 80s, I saw mm-hmm. in a children's playground at the edge of Central Park West, a dog fight going on. And I ran, it was before cell phones, I ran to a doorman and I tried to let the doorman lend me a uh, make call to uh, the police. And I'm wondering if, if dog fighting, have you done things about dog fighting? I'll get off the phone to hear and let others call. Thank you. Be well. Thank you, Judith, for your call. Assemblywoman, any any thoughts on uh, issues regarding dog fighting? Sure, and I, I guess back in the eighties, that was a it was an existing problem, but people generally didn't know about it. So, in the past maybe ten years, we've passed legislation, um, you know, obviously banning dog fighting and people and punishing those involved in dog fighting with. Um, you know, misdemeanors, I, I don't know the exact if it's felony misdemeanors, but punishment severe enough to dissuade people from, from, you know, engaging in that. 
you know, people bet on it. It's it's really a horrible thing. Um, and we do have somewhat new laws punishing those who engage in it, those who bet on it, those who watch, those who are involved in setting it up. 212-209-2877 for your calls. 212-209-2877. We're speaking with uh, New York State Assembly Member Linda Rosenthal, who, in addition to uh, being the chair of the Housing Committee now, uh, also has advanced a wide range of pieces of legislation regarding uh, pets, uh, companion animals, other animals uh, in New York State, uh, including uh the prevention of the declawing of cats. I think that was the, the first one that might have caught a lot of people's eye, too. Um, but uh, Assemblymember wanted to ask you about something else that we have discussed a little bit in the past, but definitely wanted to get an update on this. You also have uh, new legislation regarding, first of all, regarding the sale of uh, cruelty-free products in New York. Can you just tell us first a little bit about your original legislation and what it was uh, intended to do? Yeah, and, and this is actually law and in effect now in New York State. It prohibits the importation or sale of new cosmetic products that have ingredients that were, were tested on animals. So products that relied on animal testing that occurred before the law went into effect will still be sold. They're still on the shelves, but new testing um, on products will not be allowed to be uh Products that were newly tested will not be allowed to be sold in New York State. This is a, a nationwide effort, and 10 other states have passed the same legislation. Uh, the goal is to make it um, there will be no cosmetics sold in the United States that have been tested on animals. And the fact is you don't need to test on animals. There are plenty of um, models and other ways of finding out using cells, um, and other other methods uh, to determine if something would be harmful to, to people. Um, people may remember those horrible pictures of rabbits um, testing in their eyes. I mean, there's no need for our vanity to cause um, pain and suffering of animals. I'm going to go back to the phones, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. You're listening to WBAI New York, 99.5 FM and WBAI.org. This is What's Going On Fridays. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, and we're speaking with New York State Assembly Member Linda Rosenthal. Going to go to your phone calls right now, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, good morning. My name is Miss Williams. And um, hello, Ms. Rosenthal. Um, I, I purchased, hi, I purchased a puppy from Westchester Puppies and Kittens on Central Avenue. And my concern is the treatment of the puppies. I don't know what they're doing, but I have my puppy for the past nine months. She's going to be 11 months. And, um, you know, she just doesn't act right. I've had her, you know, I give her a lot of love. I take great care of her, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But her behavior is very strange to me. You know, she's very aggressive. I don't, you know, they gave me some type of certificate um, saying that she was authentic uh, uh, from a breeder 
in uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you know, and I know I should have known better not to get her from a puppy uh, shop. They said never mm-hmm. buy a puppy from a puppy shop, and, yeah. and I'm ashamed. I love her, and I'm not going to give her up. Um, right. The thing is, I don't trust these pet shops, and, and I thank you for what you're doing, and um, I don't know. That was just a little comment, I have to say, mm-hmm. but if she's very difficult. I don't know what's wrong. Was she breeding with the mother and the son? I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what to say, but um, thank you for everything that you're doing for animals. I love animals, and I'll do anything for them if I, <laughs> if I, I uh, ever, you know. Have you, have Thank you, you so much, Miss Williams. We really appreciate it. And assembly member, you know, that's that's an important point, right? That it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's just kind of hard to resist. I think that pet stores rely, and you and I have talked about this, you know, the impulse purchase, that the, mm-hmm. the literal, the dog, the, you know, how much is that doggy in the window? They're adorable, right? Yeah. You know, I, I spoke to um, a couple on the Upper West Side, and the husband said that during the pandemic, his wife was just, she she decided she needed a, a pet because she was going crazy being locked up inside. So he bought her a dog, cost $5,000, and the dog was sick. The dog was very sick, and it was really um, a tragedy for all of them. He went back to the store. The store was like, fine, I'll give you back your money. But that wasn't the point. The point was that they now loved this dog and, and wanted it to be you know, healthy and and not suffer. And that was impossible because the dog was created and kept in terrible, you know, they are kept in puppy mills in these tiny cages. Uh, the mothers are not uh, seen by a veterinarian very, very frequently. They don't have access to good food and water. It's filthy. Just a breeding mach- factory in, in essence. And the animals that are produced um, are not healthy. So, in in a couple of years, you know, this model will not be available. And so for Ms. Williams, I hope she sees a, a veterinarian who can recommend um, ways to, you know, make the animal more comfortable if they're reacting to any environmental concerns. But I, I think I'd we also have to... like to say, yes. sorry, oh, yes. that yes, please. there are hundreds of thousands of animals up for adoption whether they're surrenders, whether they're strays, there are cats and dogs that can satisfy any kind of request uh, that someone might have. There are even rescues dedicated to breeds. So if you want a poodle, there's a poodle rescue. If you want a shih tzu, there's a shih tzu rescue. So unless you are bent on getting a particular purebred animal, there are so many cute, lovable animals out there that are available for adoption. No need to buy. Absolutely. And uh, as, as somebody who has uh, adopted an animal myself, he did not get up for mm-hmm. this program. He decided to to let you and I and the, the good the good people in Radio Land handle it. But perhaps he will catch up in the archives section of WBAI.org uh, a little bit later in the day. But uh, Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal, always enjoyed talking to you. I always wish we had more time. I want to thank everybody for yeah. calling in. But if people want to find out more about you and your work on this, on the Housing Committee, which is uh, a whole nother show we'll have to do with you where can they look um they can look at uh the assembly website and go to 
www.nyassembly.gov, I believe. And uh, let's go to my page. Or okay, Google, wonderful. Google my name and they can find <laughs> Absolutely. We're well, Assembly Member Linda Rosenthal. Want to thank you again. Always a pleasure to have you here with us on WBAI. Thanks, Celeste. You're listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and WBAI.org online. This is What's Going On. I'm Celeste Katz Marston. And today we're talking about animal protection and animal rights. We just heard from New York State Assembly Member Linda Rosenthal about new legislation banning pet stores and affecting the sale of products tested on animals. Just a quick reminder, please take just a moment to visit WBAI.org today to give as generously as you can to the Tower Fund to keep our signal vibrant and strong in 2023 and beyond. You can also become a BAI buddy and make a recurring monthly donation in the name of your favorite program. That's WBAI.org and thanks. Coming up, we'll hear from Allie Taylor, founder and president of the political advocacy group Voters for Animal Rights. We'll be taking your calls again, 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. You're listening to WBAI. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. Personal favorite of mine there, Sly and the Family Stone, Underdog, here on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. This is what's going on. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. Our studio engineer is Michael G. Haskins. Checking your weather forecast, 53 degrees right now, going up to about 56 degrees in New York City today. Tonight will drop down to a low of 33. Tomorrow, partly cloudy skies with a high of 40 and a low of 27 at night. Sunday, clear skies, high 42 degrees, dropping to 30 in the evening.
If you're just joining us today, we're talking about the protection and rights of animals in New York and beyond. A little earlier in the program, we heard from State Assembly member Linda Rosenthal of Manhattan, who's been working on these issues for years, including the upcoming ban on the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores and the regulation of non-cruelty-free cosmetic products. So joining us now to build on that conversation, we have Allie Taylor. She's the founder and president of Voters for Animal Rights. Allie ran the 2019 campaign to pass legislation banning foie gras in New York City. She also helped pass New York City's laws making it a crime to steal wild birds and the ban on the use of wild animals in circuses. She had a role in the creation of the Mayor's Office of Animal Welfare. Additionally, Allie has worked on banning controversial horse carriages in the city for over a decade. So with that, Allie Taylor, welcome to WBAI. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. So just to start with, for people who may not uh, be familiar with you or with the organization, you know, tell us a little bit about why was it important to you to found a group like Voters for Animal Rights and how do you do your work? Sure. So the mission of Voters for Animal Rights is we work to elect candidates who support animal rights. We lobby for stronger laws to stop animal cruelty. And we work to hold elected officials accountable to humane voters. And we started this organization because we saw a need for a group that works on multiple animal issues at the political level, um, meaning that we're trying to get to the root cause of why um, animals are treated the way they are. And a lot of those reasons are because there's simply not many laws out there to protect them. And we spoke a short time ago with Assemblymember Linda Rosenthal about this forthcoming ban, 2024, on the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores. We can also talk about guinea pigs. We're going to get to that. But first, do you have any concerns about whether, uh, as a result of this ban, these sales will just go underground or continue illegally, and the law might not have all the uh, intended consequences of putting a damper on puppy mills and these uh, unscrupulous breeders? I think that anytime you pass laws to stop something that is unserious from happening, there's always going to be some individuals who are going to try and get around those laws. But I think a couple things. I think, one, we've seen that these types of laws have been successful in other cities and states across the country. And we know that pet stores are the number one place that are at fault um, for sourcing animals from puppy mills. So... I think it's going to make it a lot harder for people to try and get around those rules. And then where are we on guinea pigs? I think that there is legislation that's been advancing at the city council level. Is that is that accurate? That's right. So last month um, we held a hearing in the New York City Council's Health Committee on Intro 4, which is legislation that would prohibit the sale of guinea pigs throughout New York City. Um, Hearing went very well. Uh, We heard nothing but support for the bill. There is a supermajority of the council signed on, and the bill is expected to move to a full vote this year. The reason for that bill is during the pandemic, and even now as we're sort of coming out of the pandemic, we saw a massive increase in the number of guinea pigs being surrendered to New York City's animal shelters and rescues. Um, Our city's animal shelters and rescues are already incredibly overburdened with dogs, cats, and other animals that come through their door in the thousands. So you can imagine what it was like when nearly a 1,000 guinea pigs per year started getting surrendered at New York City's animal shelters. It's simply not sustainable. 
Um, we also saw that people who didn't know what to do with their guinea pigs when they no longer wanted, wanted them were starting to dump them in New York City parks. We saw many instances of that where rescuers would find a box of guinea pigs in a park and they would have to scramble and chase them around and try and scoop as many as they could up and get them out of there because they're domestic animals that cannot survive on their own wild. Um, so this bill, once hopefully it's passed, would provide a lot of relief to particularly our city animal shelter workers who have been truly overburdened trying to keep up with the influx of guinea pigs that have been surrendered to the city shelter. You're listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live via WBAI.org. This is What's Going On. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, and we're speaking with Allie Taylor, the founder and president of the political advocacy group Voters for Animal Rights. And again, we are going to be taking your calls 212-209-2877. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. And Allie, I want to stay on that uh, for just another moment here while we're waiting for our calls to come in, uh, you know, especially right after the holiday season. I think a lot of people think it's a great idea maybe to to get a pet as a present, you know, surprise the kids. And it's a very sort of, quote unquote, Kodak moment. But then you do see this this uh, uh, influx of animals into city shelters. Right. I don't know if you have any thoughts on on ways we could maybe educate people or, uh, you know, explain to people that the Kodak moment also comes along with a life time or at least many many years depending on the animal of caring for a pet and being financially and physically responsible for that animal not releasing it into a park absolutely and you know we never recommend that people purchase um, animals as gifts whether it's for children or adults because this is a lifelong decision that has a deep impact on the animals and on um, the households that will be raising them. I think a good way to combat this is to ensure that it's to ensure and educate folks on why it's super important to adopt from a shelter or a rescue. When you go to a pet store, they're just looking to move the quote-unquote inventory, the animals, out of the store as quickly as possible. So it's not in their best interest to really take the time to vet the people who are going to be purchasing the animals and do a deep dive into what type of commitment it means to take care of them. They're just trying to move the animals by selling them as quickly as possible. By contrast, when you adopt from an animal shelter or a rescue, they have volunteers and they have adoption counselors who are going to take the time to really talk through it with the prospective adopter to make sure they understand, is this the type of pet that would do well in my home? Do I have the type of lifestyle? Do I have the financial means to take care of this animal? Do I have a plan for what happens when I have to go back to work or when I go on vacation or when my kids go back to school? So they're asking these types of questions to prospective adopters to make sure that they're a really good fit for this type of pet before they'll even allow that animal to go to their home. And we find that um, when animals are adopted from shelters or rescues, there's a much lower surrender rate than when animals are simply purchased um, on an impulse from a pet store. 
212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. We're speaking with Allie Taylor. She's the founder and president of Voters for Animal Rights. And Allie, obviously your group is working on a very wide array of initiatives uh, from horse carriages to uh, the foie gras ban to uh, slaughterhouses. And, and I hope we can get to talk about some of those issues. But uh, we are actually going to go to the phones right now. Again, if you want to get in on this 212-209-2877 what is your top issue uh regarding animal rights as a voter in new york 212-209-2877 we are going to go to the phones right now wbai you're on the air what's your name and where you're calling from hi my name is goodenek calling from queens and what's on your mind this morning yes happy new year to you guys And I was wondering, the same way we have caseworkers, you know, that will go out to kids you adopt and or that you suspect being abused, I was thinking we should have the same to go out to different areas and be checking on these animals, whether they are adopted or bought from a shelter or however these people obtain them. Because you go into you, you see some of these animals walking on the streets, or you, you sometimes wonder what's taking place with them. They look so <laughs> terrible, and it's you know it's very unfair. Well, I, yeah, no, I definitely there. definitely hear what you mean. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your call. And Ali, what do you think about that? Do you think they're in any world, are there the resources to support something like that? It sounds like a great idea, but I imagine the shelters are already pretty strapped. I think that something that could be a great resource to fund for for animal shelters would be um, more surrender prevention specialists. Our city animal shelter system, um, NYC Animal Care Centers, has people who, if you go into their shelter and you say, I'm having financial struggles, I can't afford pet food or vet care for the animal, they actually have people who will help hook you up with a local pet food bank or provide you with resources of where you can find um, uh, low-cost vet care. I think having more of those services across the city would be hugely beneficial. I think the other barrier is that we simply don't have enough low-cost vet care across the city. I mean, I know you have a dachshund, I believe. (laughs) Um, I do. I'm sure you know that. Every time you walk into a vet's office, you never walk out of there with a bill that's under a few hundred dollars, and that's on a good day. And so the biggest um, need that we hear from pet owners all the time is that vet care simply is not accessible. And we'd really like to see the city um, providing funding for some of the nonprofits in the city that are doing amazing work to try and open um, vet care that's truly accessible for everybody in New York City. And we're going to go back to the phones, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. We're speaking with Allie Taylor, the founder and president of the political advocacy group Voters for Animal Rights. Go into the phones, WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're calling from? Good morning. My name is Rose. I live in Flemington, New Jersey, and I want to share a couple of points. A number of years ago, I shampooed a carpet with the stuff. And my, my beloved pet died of pneumonia from that. I highly recommend that people, if you have to shampoo your carpets or someone's coming in to do it, to use vinegar or baking soda. Don't lose your pet 
to Big Cam. The other thing is that um, in the town of Lambertville, New Jersey, they have a program called Seniors for Seniors. And when people have to go into a nursing home, assisted living or whatever, and they can't take their pets, that they actually they rescue them and then they pair them with another elderly person. If for whatever reason they need vet care, it's given to them. If uh, if you need your nails cut, you know, trimmed, uh, the lady comes over for $10. Another thing is getting food around when you're older is a hassle. And I used to use a company called Value and Volume when I lived in Manhattan that bought the cat food and cat litter to the door and you left your check downstairs and they came you know, it was a big help because dragging groceries so plus cat food and dog you know, and the litter and all that can get to be a lot for an older person. Thank you, Rose, for your call. Really appreciate it. 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. We're talking to Allie Taylor of Voters for Animal Rights. And Allie, while we're uh, looking at more calls coming in, wanted to check in on uh, another initiative that you're working on, which is regarding slaughterhouses uh, in New York. And uh, basically, you are saying that these slaughterhouses should wholesale not be operating at all or that they should be more tightly regulated? Where are you on that? So a lot of folks don't realize this, but there's 80 um, slaughterhouses located right within New York City's five boroughs. They're in every borough across the city. They are on your street corner. They're right in your neighborhood. And, you know, of course, being an organization that works towards animal um, total animal liberation. We'd like to see that there be no slaughterhouses whatsoever. Um, but I think the likelihood of that is probably not realistic at this time. So I think at a minimum, what we'd like to see is more transparency with these slaughterhouses. Um, New York City Department of Health should, is, is uh, legally tasked with inspecting these facilities and ensuring that they are adhering to um, public health standards and animal care standards, and we're just not seeing that happening. So I think some accountability from um, the city is definitely necessary. It's it's an interesting subject to me because I and I certainly understand your point about not wanting this to take place. You know, in 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 your perfect world, this would not exist. But I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, a number of these facilities uh, cater specifically, I think, to uh, certain religious populations that may require uh, the the slaughter of animals a certain way, in a kosher way or in a halal way. I'm just curious as to how you balance your interests with with the concerns of religious communities that may rely on some of these places. That's very much true. And that's something that we absolutely take into consideration. And I think that these are conversations that need to be held at the hyper local level with folks who are living in those neighborhoods where these type of facilities exist. I absolutely do agree that this isn't something that can just be worked on in a vacuum. It needs to be in collaboration with those human beings who are affected by those markets as well. 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. Allie Taylor from Voters for Animal Rights taking your calls here on what's going on. And Allie, of course, I have to check in on everybody's favorite or least favorite subject, I imagine, depending on where you stand on this. Where are we on the horse carriage issue right now? Of course. Um, Yeah, I I know you and I have, have very closely worked on and solved this issue for a very long time. (laughs) Um, So there is legislation in the city council that would ban horse carriages. Um, We have 18 co-sponsors on the bill. We're working towards getting a majority of the council on the bill. 
I do have to say that um, I have never seen more public outrage and enthusiasm on horse carriages as I've seen this year. I think that when Ryder the horse collapsed and was beaten by his owner this past summer, I do think that that was really a rallying cry. Um, one change that I've really seen over the past decade is where public sentiment falls on this issue. Um, when we looked at public polling a decade ago, the public was not with us. They were like, yeah, the horses are great. They're beautiful. Leave them here. When we did polling this year, um, I wasn't expecting much. I just wanted to do a poll and see a baseline of where public sentiment was at. When the results came back and it said that 71% of New York City voters support a ban on horse carriages, I was shocked. I was not expecting that. But I think that that really speaks to how many people are paying attention now and seeing what we've been saying um, for years, which is that forcing a horse to pull a carriage in the middle of Manhattan traffic is inherently cruel. We're going to go to the phones. We have time for one more call. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is, I'm calling from Riverdale. Good morning. What's on your mind today? Um, well, it, it kind of, I wanted to get on the first half hour, but I still have a question and uh, for your guest now. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. I, I think in general, uh, the powers that be, let's say that way, are uh, changing things uh, going forward and changing culture, uh, the agenda and all that stuff. And I think it's going to encroach on these businesses like pet stores and slaughterhouses that are small businesses in, in, in scope, in the scope of things. Uh, uh, unfortunately, um, we give up that right to of, of maybe a small business or entrepreneurship, but these people have been acting irresponsibly. So the government steps in, and they're killing two birds with one stone. So there is a, an agenda to consolidate, reduce consumption, and increase surveillance. Uh, but you know, and then it's it's going to take care of a lot of this messy stuff, and and the carriages and all this stuff. So my mm -hmm. question for your guest is, um, what about the African and exotic animal stuff? How is this stuff getting in? They got to come off a plane or a boat somewhere, and then of course they could be driven from the border. How is this happening, and what's happening in that area? Because the people are really irresponsible with those animals. They don't even feed them correctly. It's a, it's a good question, and thank you for your call, and Allie, and just the, the few yep. the few moments that we have left, if if you want to uh, take that one on. Um, I'm not too familiar with um, what the caller was um, referring to, but I believe they're talking about um, hunting trophies overseas and bringing them to the United States, if that's correct. Um, and there is legislation in the state legislature that I believe will be reintroduced this year to address that. Great. And, and Allie Taylor, if people want to find out more about you and the work you do with Voters for Animal Rights, where can we send them? Sure. They can go to VFAR.org or they can find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram under Voters for Animal Rights. Great. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Allie Taylor of Voters for Animal Rights. A pleasure to have you here on WBAI. Thanks so much, Celeste.
You're listening to WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live at WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston. This is the perfect time to remind you very quickly that if you're enjoying today's program, if you care about New York, if you care about free speech radio, please take a moment today. Go to WBAI.org. Lend your support. Remember, we are a 501c3 nonprofit that makes your generous gift tax deductible. We don't get money from big corporations. This is listener-supported radio. This station depends on your help to stay on the air 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Here's a very, very quick reminder I put together about why it's so important for you to support the WBAI Tower Fund today and all year long. No matter what this new year brings, we want you to know that you can count on WBAI to be your go-to for independent, non-commercial, free speech programming. Join the WBAI family and keep community radio alive by supporting the Tower Fund. Just go to WBAI.org. That's WBAI.org. Here at WBAI, we want to keep bringing you the best shows on politics, news, arts, music, and culture. To do that, we need your help. It costs us $17,000 a month to pay the rent on our broadcast tower at Four Times Square. Every dollar you give to the WBAI Tower Fund helps keep your favorite radio station on the air. Go to WBAI.org to help today. Please don't wait to give as generously as you can. You know these times are too important. It only takes a minute to help. Just go to WBAI.org and click. Unlike living in New York, it is that easy. WBAI has spoken up for New Yorkers for more than 60 years. Now, it's time to speak up for WBAI. Go to WBAI.org to support radio you can trust. Give to WBAI. Be heard. We really do appreciate your support here at WBAI. Remember your contribution to keep free speech radio alive at WBAI all year round is tax deductible. Do something good for free speech radio. Do something good for your taxes. Please go to WBAI.org today and support this station. That's WBAI.org. I want to give thanks to our special guest today, Assembly Member Linda Rosenthal and Allie Taylor of Voters for Animal Rights. Thanks, as always, to you, our callers and listeners, and to our engineer, Michael G. Haskins. This has been What's Going On with Celeste Katz-Marston. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you next week on Driving Forces in your thirty uh, your Thursday drive time slot. Stay with WBAI all weekend and into the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday on Monday when our own Michael G. Haskins will be your host for this hour. Now stay tuned for Democracy Now! and more great programming here on WBAI. See you on the radio. Bye.